and uh, it was a cheaper deal, and we got unlimited data. So it sounded like an awesome deal. Um, however, many of you guys may be aware that Sprint service isn't exactly top quality service by no means. And here I am in the middle of Ohio, home of the cornfields, and a lot of times I find myself, I cannot get a signal at all. And it drives me bonkers at times. A typical experience may be either I'm on the couch or maybe on the road with Jamie's driving and on my uh, phone and I may be trying to pull up the ESPN app and I want to read the latest news in the sports world because what, what 21-year-old guy doesn't want to read up on the latest news of the sports world? So I, was, I try to go and view what's happening in the sports world and I pull up my phone, open the app, and I stare at a blank screen and what feels like for an eternity. I mean, this blank screen is just sitting there. I'm staring at it, waiting for the sports news to pop up on my phone. Even worse, some of the times I get a message that reads, whoops, something went wrong. Try again. No, I don't want to try again. That's the last thing I want. I just want to read the sports news. Give the man what he wants. I want to read the sports news. How many of you guys can relate with me? Yeah, a number of us out there. I mean, all we want to do is read whatever is on our phone. You know, you may go on your phone or your computer to browse Facebook. Maybe you want to read uh, the newest, latest poor decision the Cleveland Browns made. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe you want to check your Twitter or Instagram, or maybe you want to check your email, whatever it may be. You pull it up on your computer or your phone, and you wait and you wait, and you wait for it to pop up, and sometimes it may pop up, but sometimes you might get an error message. Isn't that so frustrating? Isn't, isn't that like not the most frustrating thing in the world when all you want to do is open up whatever it is on the screen, and you just want to read it, but you can't because of the poor service. We just want to read it, and we want to read it now. We don't want to have to wait. We don't have to wait a couple of seconds for the page to pop up. We don't want to have to wait till we go to a different spot to get better service. We want to read it, and we want to read it now or watch it or whatever you may be doing. And this is the problem of instant gratification. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, instant gratification, the disease of now. And now instant gratification is defined as the desire to experience pleasure or fulfillment without delay. So here I was, I have a desire to read on my sports app, ESPN on my phone, and I want to read it without delay. I don't want to have to wait to read it. And many of us may have similar experiences that we pull something up on our phone or our computer and we want it now. We don't want to have to wait. That is instant gratification, the desire to experience pleasure or fulfillment without delay. Now, there was a computer science professor out there in the world who uh, conducted an experiment on this. His name, uh, Ramesh Satiraman. And he observed people's viewing habits of 6.7 million internet users. And he studied how long people would wait for a page to pop up after clicking on it. And so the question was that he wanted to answer is how long are people willing to be patient waiting for the site that they clicked on to pop up? Any guesses out there? How long would people be willing to wait for a site to pop up? What was your guess? Three seconds, five seconds, four, 30, 30, eight. Yes, yeah, so a pre pretty good guesses there. 
People start exiting out of the site after two seconds. That's pretty pitiful if you ask me. After two seconds of clicking on a link, waiting for it to pop up, they start clicking the back button repeatedly, getting out of there. We've all been there. And after two seconds, people start trying to get out of there. And five seconds after clicking on it, 25% of the people leave the site. And after 10 seconds of clicking on a site, 50% of the 6.7 million internet users exited out of the link or the site. That's crazy. 50%, half of the people, half of us right here, we cannot wait 10 seconds for a link to pop up. That's, that's kind of pitiful. That's a pitiful on the human race there. We are so, so impatient. We want things. We want them now. The guy who conducted the experiment, uh, he, or the study, he said that someday people are going to be too impatient to conduct a study on patience. That's, that's the rate that this human society is going. We're getting more and more impatient. We want things now. The need for the instant gratification. We don't want to have to wait for what we need or what we want. And that's the concept of instant gratification. And it's taking over all things that we do. Because us as consumers, again, we are getting more and more impatient as time goes on. And I just imagine this problem is going to roll over. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse as time goes on. But we're getting more and more impatient. We want things now. We want to be instantly gratified. And there's a lot of examples of this in our society. One, when you go open Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever you have on demand, you can, you can binge watch. They, they come up with a new binge watch, a new phrase. You can binge watch a whole series now. See, like back in the day, and this is even during my time, I mean, some of you guys are ancient compared to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And in my time, in my time, even when I was a kid, you, you, when you watch a TV show, you, you had to wait a week to watch the next episode. Or even worse, if you were done with the season, you had to wait a whole year to watch the next season. Now, you just hop on a Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, and you can binge watch a full, a full series. You can watch it in one week. We want to watch it, and we want to watch it now. We have online shopping. You can get their same-day or two-day delivery times. I mean, it used to be like you have to wait a week or more, but now since consumers are getting more and more impatient, you can get it the same day sometimes if you pay extra, or most, most common is two-day shipping. That's crazy. They come up with the fast passes at amusement parks. I envy you out there who get the fast passes because I'm too cheap to purchase a fast pass. And it kills me to wait in line in the long line to ride the, the greatest roller coaster out there and to see all these people going right on ahead of me with the fast pass. Because we want to be satisfied right now. We don't have to wait in a long line to ride a roller coaster. So they come up with these fast passes. And you can skip the line and you can go right up to the front and ride the roller coaster and be instantly gratified. And perhaps maybe the best example in our society is the credit card. The credit card. And this is the idea that, hey, if you don't have enough money now to purchase something, just put it on a card and you can pay for it later. If you want something now but you can't afford it now, just use a credit card and you can have it now without even being able to afford it. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's a dangerous thought because you still have to pay it in the future uh, just in case you did not know. Uh, the, the American household on average, has about $10,000 worth of credit card debt. The average American household 
have spent $10,000 worth of stuff that they really can't afford, but they want it now. They don't want to have to wait. They want to be instantly gratified with the newest and greatest product out there. And there are so many examples out there of, of being instantly grat- gratified, instant gratification. It's, it's a concept that is taking over this world. It's taking over the market. And we have to, well, well we're, we're part of the problem. We want to be instantly gratified now. And so we have to take a look at that this morning. And although this concept of instant gratification is growing and it's becoming a bigger and bigger issue, it's, it's not a brand new issue by any means at all. We can see in the Bible, 2,000 years before Christ was alive, they had the issue of being instantly gratified. And this morning, we're going to go ahead and take a look at Jacob and Esau in the book of Genesis, the very first book. If you have your Bibles, that's awesome. I'm not sure if it'll be up there because of the power outage. Um, But in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, and we're going to start in Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25, we're going to be taking a look at the story of Jacob and Esau and how they sought instant gratification. So to give you a bit of background as to what is happening here, Jacob and Esau, they are brothers. They're the sons of Isaac, who is the son of Abraham. Some of us may be familiar with Abraham. God blessed Abraham very much. God made a covenant with Abraham. So Jacob and Esau, they are the grandsons of Abraham. And not only are Jacob and Esau brothers, but they're twins. They're twins. But now Esau was born just a hair before Jacob. It it described in the Bible that that Jacob was hanging onto the heel of Esau as they came out of the womb. So Esau came just a tad bit before Jacob. And that's really important to, to notice because in the Old Testament times, birthrights were a huge deal. The firstborn male of the family, which was Esau, just by a couple of seconds, Esau, he was to receive a double portion of his father's inheritance. So when when their father Isaac was to die one day, Esau was to receive twice as many uh, money, land, property, goods. He was to receive twice as much as Jacob was. Why? Because Esau was born a couple seconds before Jacob. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily sound fair to me either. But needless to say, Esau got a double portion of his father's inheritance. And on top of that, the firstborn male, Esau, he was to become the the head of the household once his father Isaac passed away. So Esau was hugely blessed. He was blessed to be the firstborn son of Isaac. Why? Because he was received twice as much of the portion as any of the other sons. And unfortunately for you ladies out there in the Old Testament, they didn't receive any inheritance from their fathers. It was just assumed that they would go marry another man and that they would then be able to take part in their family's uh, inheritance. So the females didn't receive any portion of the father's inheritance, but all the sons got an equal amount except for the firstborn son. They got double the amount. And so Esau, again, he got double the amount. He got double the portion of his father's inheritance, and he was to be the head of the household after Isaac was to pass away. Now again, the the household of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Esau, that's no ordinary household at all. As I briefly mentioned earlier, the household of Abraham was blessed immensely by God. God made a covenant with Abraham, known as as the Abrahamic covenant. And God promised Abraham that, listen, Abraham, your your offspring are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. 
and I'm going to bless you, and those who bless you, I'm going to bless them. Uh, I'm going to take your family to the promised land, Abraham, and your family is going to be a great nation. God made all of these promises with Abraham. And so this is like the most important household name out there at the time. This is the household that you want to be a part of because God promised Abraham so much of this. And Isaac was the first legitimate child of Abraham. So the uh, Abraham's, uh, his descendants and stuff, the line went through Isaac. And in Isaac, we have Jacob and Esau. And the line goes through Esau because he is the firstborn child. He was immensely blessed. He's probably the luckiest man alive at this time because he is going to be the head of the most powerful, of the most blessed households of the time. He is probably the luckiest man alive. And in Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through 34, uh, we get to read what Esau did with his immense blessing of having that birthright. And it reads in Genesis chapter 25, verse 29, it reads, Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So what's happening here is, again, Jacob and Esau twins, Esau being the, the older one just by a hair, and so he got the good birthright. And so Esau was working out in the field, working on his father's land, and he was exhausted after a long day work. He was tired, he was hungry, and so he went into the house, and there Jacob was, his younger brother, cooking some stew. And Esau comes in, and he says, hey Jacob, give me some of that stew, man, give me some of that stew, bro. And uh, Jacob, being quite selfish, to be honest, he says, if you want some of my stew, then sell me your birthright. And now Esau, he was like, he was so hungry, he was exhausted. We say, I'm starving, like after we haven't eaten for 24 hours. Uh, kids often say that, Mom, I'm starving. They, they aren't starving. They're just exhausted, and they're really hungry. And so Esau came in, he, he was exhausted, and he just wanted some stew. He thought he was going to die, and so he thought, well, what good is a birthright if I'm going to die? And so Jacob said, all right, promise me. Promise me that you're really going to give me your birthright. And so Esau promised to give Jacob his birthright. For what? For a bowl of stew. For a bowl of stew, Esau sold his birthright. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous that for a bowl of stew, Esau, the luckiest man alive, sold his birthright to his brother for a bowl of stew. I mean, the man could have waited till, till dinner when his mom cooked him some dinner. No, Esau wanted that stew, and he wanted it now. He wanted it now so much that he was willing to sell his birthright, the powers, the possessions that he was going to receive in the future. He didn't care about that stuff in the future. He wanted that bowl of stew now. That's, that's pitiful. That's ridiculous that Esau would sell his birthright for some stew right now. But why did he do it? It's because he wanted to be instantly gratified. He was hungry, he had a desire to eat, and he was blinded by his desire to eat. He wanted to be instantly gratified. He wanted to eat right then at that moment. 
The instant gratification blinded him. He could not see past this present moment because he wanted to be instantly gratified. He wanted to eat, and he wanted to eat now. I mean, I, I can relate because sometimes I want to eat, and I want to eat now. Sometimes Jamie will be cooking dinner, and she hates it when I'm eating snacks while she's eating dinner. But I go, I'm hungry, and I'm hungry now. I want to eat. <laughs> that gets me in trouble sometimes. So don't, don't do that, gentlemen. It, it's, it's probably not the best representation. But I, so I can understand a bit of Esau. He wanted to eat, and he wanted to eat then. But he sold his birthright. He sold a double portion of his father's inheritance. And he sold the authority, the power to be the head of Abraham's household, of Abraham's blessed household. He sold that all for a bowl of stew. Instant gratification is such a huge danger to us. Because we too, just like Esau did, we too can fall into that trap of instant gratification. There are so many things in this world that we can desire, so many things that we can want, and we want it now. The society, our culture, humankind, we're getting more and more impatient. We're willing to wait less and less time for what we want. We're thinking about the future less and less, and we're thinking about the present, the now, more and more. And this is a danger to us Christians that we have to take note of. Because when we think about Christianity, we get rewarded immensely for being a Christian. However, that main reward for being a Christian is to take place in the future. We don't get to the future, and that, that's the future kingdom of God. It's the never-ending, perfect celebration with God and Christ. But that's to take place in the future, when Christ comes back to restore God's kingdom. That's to take place in the future. That's our main reward. But it's so hard for us at times to focus on that reward because it's so often the future what it feels like. But rather, we want to focus on the present. We want to focus on the now. And so as Christians, we can't lose sight of our reward. We can't lose sight what is in store for us. The coming, the future kingdom of God. We talked about in John's uh, class this morning uh, that we will be made imperishable. We will not be able to die. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more sorrow or death in the world for the former things will have passed away. That's what's in store for each and every one of you guys. Whatever is wrong with this world, the death, the sickness, the crying, the pain, whatever is wrong with this world right now will be made right in God's coming kingdom. That's what is in store for you if you faithfully serve God and you faithfully serve his son, Jesus Christ. But again, that reward takes place in the future. And we're getting more and more impatient. We want things now. We want to be instantly gratified. To be instantly gratified. Now, there are many dangers to this instant gratification, as we mentioned earlier. Esau was willing to sell his birthright to be instantly gratified. And now nearly every sinful desire that we have has a sense of instant gratification. When we do these sinful actions, we are gratified at that moment. We are instantly gratified when we partake in many of the sins. For example, when we lie. When we lie, we get to cover up something for our own benefit. People won't know the truth at that moment. We are instantly gratified. When you steal, you steal something, you gain something that you don't even deserve. You, you, get, you get to live with it at that moment. You are instantly gratified when you steal. 
When you are lazy, you can just relax right now. When you have sex outside of marriage, you can, you can have that pleasure of sex right now. When you view pornography, you can view that uh, material right now. When you're uh, not taking care of your body, you get to eat that extra donut or smoke that extra cigarette. Those are all satisfactions at that moment. You are instantly gratified when you partake of those sinful actions. And some of those sinful actions can be fun at times. It can be fun at that moment to partake in some of those sinful actions. However, God didn't make those actions a sin to put a burden on you, to restrict you from having fun. God put those restrictions, God made those actions a sin because he loves you, because he cares for you, and because he is protecting you. Just as a parent gives rules to their kids to protect them, God gave us rules. God said some things were sinful to protect us. Because although we may be instantly gratified in the moment when we partake in sinful actions such as those, they have harmful effects in the future. Some of them very harmful. When we lie to others, we have to deal with the anxiety in us of someone uncovering our lie. And if someone does uncover our lie, it's a train wreck of a mess. And you lose trustworthiness. People don't count on you anymore if you constantly lie to them. There are harmful effects of lying. If you steal, you, again, you have to deal with the fear of getting caught. And if you do get caught, you have to return it and probably more. And you don't want to be stolen from yourself, so don't steal from other people. There are harmful effects from stealing. When we have sex outside of marriage, besides the obvious dangers of STDs, it's, it's a very, sex is a very psychological act. It's a very psychological act. Uh, Joey Morgan, our psychology experts, could tell you more about this, I'm sure. Whether they'd want to tell you more about it may be a complete different story. But sex is very much a psychological act. When we have sex, there's hormones in our brains that are released. And these hormones... The, the purpose of them is they're able for, for us to bond with one another. When we have sex with someone else, we have that bond. Automatically, hormones in our, in our head and our brain are being released to, to have us be able to bond to them, to, to stick together. And this is really helpful. This is really helpful in marriages because sometimes you just don't want to deal with your spouse. But those hormones that released in your brain that help you bond with each other, it helps marriages last just the way God wants it. But when those hormones are abused, you can lose your ability to bond to others if you make and break that bond with multiple people. When we talk about laziness, you know, you, you get the instant gratification of not doing anything right now, but you put off whatever must be done. God doesn't like laziness. He, he talks about in Proverbs that we're supposed to be like the ants who are constantly at work. Those ants, they are not lazy. And God says we need to be like the ants who are constantly at work. When, when we're lazy, we put off whatever must be done and whatever can benefit us. When we view pornography, yeah, we may, we may enjoy the experience at that moment, but when you view pornography, it affects your, your ability to be satisfied in your own marriage. It has immense effects. Studies show that pornography uh, dramatically damages marriages in the future. There are harmful effects of viewing pornography. We talk about not taking care of your body. Yeah, it may be great to eat the extra donut or smoke the extra cigarette, but you have to deal with the harmful results in the future. Your body, your, we're not made imperishable right now. We're perishable. We can perish. And if you don't take care of your body now, you're going to deal with the harmful effects in the future. And again, these are just a few examples of, of the sinful desires, the sinful actions that we may have in our life. And again, at that moment, they may seem fun. They may seem great. You may instantly gratify your desire to do some of these things. But again, 
God didn't make these actions sinful to put a burden on you. God made these actions sinful because he wants to protect you. God is aware of the harmful negative repercussions of the sinful desires that we have. So he made them sin for your own benefit. Again, it's just as a parent gives a child rules. You know, kid, you can't eat candy all the time, although I love to eat candy. I love the sweet and sour candy like Sour Patch Kids or Starburst or whatever. I love to eat that, and I'm instantly gratified when I eat that. But if that were to all be, if that were the only thing that were to be eat, then I would not grow up to be a healthy kid and I would have many harmful effects. Sinful actions are fun in the moment. We are instantly gratified. But there are harmful effects in this life from our sins. There are very harmful effects in this life from our sins. And God put these rules in place to protect you because he loves you. But not only are there harmful effects in this life, for living a life of sin, but there are eternal dangers to instant gratification. Esau, when he was hungry, when he was exhausted, when he felt like he was going to die, he sold his birthright. That was permanent. He could not gain his birthright again. He gave away his opportunity to be the head of the most promised, the most blessed household. And instead, he gave it to his brother. So when we read the genealogies, we, we, the genealogies of the New Testament of Jesus, we, we, we don't see Esau in the picture because he sold that. He sold that privilege because he wanted a bowl of stew at that moment. He wants to be instantly gratified. That was permanent. It was an eternal thing. There's nothing else that we can do about that. And we, too, we can experience permanent eternal consequences from our sin scary consequences i don't really and again i don't like talking about these consequences but they're consequences that we have to talk about because they're there they exist and so we read in hebrews chapter 6 if you open up your bibles to hebrews chapter i said 6 but hebrews chapter 10 hebrews chapter 10 it's near the very end of your bible philemon hebrews james Hebrews chapter 10, and we're just going to read one verse, and that's verse 26. And this verse pretty explicitly states the, the dangers of our sinful desires, of our sinful actions. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 26, writes, For if we go on sinning deliberately, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. No longer remains a sacrifice for sins. I'll read that again because this is so big. This is so important for us to understand this morning. Hebrews 10, 26. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Now we all have sin in our lives. We all have sin in our lives, but praise the Lord, praise God that he sent his perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. Praise God. Thank you, God. This is a big reason why we can worship God, because he sent his perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for what? For our sins. And now the, the wages of sin are death, but thank you, God, for sending Jesus to pay 
those wages. If we accept Christ, if we accept God and serve them faithfully, loyally, then we have the wages of sin paid for. We can enjoy the future reward of the coming kingdom. We can enjoy a perfect, never-ending celebration with God and Christ himself. I long for the day in the kingdom, and it states in Revelation 21.3, that God himself is going to be with us. I long for the day where I can run and give, by, give God a great big bear hug. I long for the day when I can run to Christ and give Christ a great big bear hug. I so bad want that, and I want it now, but I have to wait for it's a future reward. And we have the wages of our sin paid for through Christ. However, however, the writer of Hebrews here clearly states that if we keep on sinning deliberately, there no longer remains a sacrifice for our sins. And if there no longer remains a sacrifice for our sins, that means our sins aren't paid for. That means we don't get to partake in God's coming future kingdom. That means we get to be destroyed permanently. Those, that is the eternal consequences of instant gratification. This is the permanent consequences of instant gratification, the disease of now. More and more, our society is training us subconsciously to focus on the present, focus on the now. Don't worry about the future. The future will come, but focus on the now. If you want something great, then do it now. Get it now. Be instantly gratified. Studies show, statistics show that we are getting more and more impatient as a society. And that's a big danger, again, to Christians because our main reward and serving God faithfully is in the future. It's not now. Yeah, I, I love being a Christian. I love this present life being a Christian. But our main reward for a Christian is set in the future. And we have to be aware. We have to take note. Because there are so many things in this life that God deems sinful that seem so pleasurable right now. We can satisfy our desire right now. We can be instantly gratified. But there are harmful effects there are harmful effects both in this present life but also permanently in, in, in the resurrection. There are harmful effects of seeking instant gratification from our sinful desires. And so my plea to you this morning, my plea to you this morning is focus on the kingdom. Can I get an amen? amen. Focus on the kingdom. That is our reward. Have in your mind a picture of you running and giving God a hug, running and giving Christ a hug, spending eternal fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Focus on that. Let that be your reward. Let that be your encouragement, your influence to help you not partake in those sinful, uh, sinful desires that instantly gratify our desires. Let that be your focus. Focus on the kingdom. Focus on the kingdom. And when you focus on the kingdom, you won't think twice about instantly gratifying your sinful desires because you'll know the consequences and you'll know that you want to be a part of God's coming kingdom. Because let me tell you, God is going to immensely bless those who seek him and give his life over to him. And so again, my plea to you this morning is forget about instantly gratifying your needs, but focus on the kingdom. And if we do, God has some great things in store for you. We have an awesome hope.
an awesome, awesome hope. So take light in that. We have an awesome hope in the coming kingdom of God. So don't focus on your present needs or your present desires. Focus on the kingdom. For instant gratification is a real thing. It's the disease of now. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we, we love you. Uh, we, we come before you to worship you and give you the praise that you so much deserve. We come before you to serve you. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your son to pay for our wages, the wages of sin, which are death. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to accept the price that you pay through your son. Accept that free gift of eternal life. We thank you so much for that. Father, it's my prayer that throughout this week, through the rest of our lives, we may not seek to instantly gratify our needs. Father, we need help. We need help because it is so hard to focus on the future rather than the present. And so, Father, I just pray a special blessing for the people here this morning, that you help them to focus on your coming kingdom so that we can partake eternally with you in your coming kingdom and how we can give you a hug ourselves. And we love you so much, Father. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.